0: Today's sponsor is Every Plate. Initially I thought meal kits had to be expensive, that there were kind of a splurge. But as it turns out, Every Plate is more affordable than groceries. Their quality ingredients come pre-portioned to help you save money and reduce food waste. You know, like the bag of spinach that I throw out every single week. You can skip the store and let every plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. For me, in the summer, I'd rather be out enjoying the sunshine than cooking. Every plate helps me do just that. Veggie plate, family plate, and easy plate preferences to serve up crowd-pleasing meals night after night. Try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code selfie179. Again, that's $1.79 per meal at everyplate.com with the code Selfie179. Today's episode is sponsored by SOMAVEDIC. SomaVetic is a device that combines an Eastern approach to health and wellness with modern day technology. If you have a lot of devices in your home, as most of us do, then there are hundreds of signals floating through the air at any given moment. This is called EMF. And some people are really sensitive to it and believe that it can cause some not great things in the body as a result of all of these free radicals bouncing around. If you're concerned with the unwanted influences of electromagnetic radiation or geopathic zones, you'll appreciate somavetic. Somavetic devices rely on frequency therapies and the healing powers of precious and semi-precious stones and metals to create a natural energy field to harmonize your home. also want to look at the defenses and distractions to keep us from caring for ourselves like we should. On
1: today's episode, we will be talking about skincare, specifically our morning skincare routines, some of the things we do with our faces
0: in the morning. We are also going to be chatting with our friend Caleb Gardner, who was the social media director for President Barack Obama. If you read Barack Obama's tweets, Caleb was managing many of those Um, and we're going to chat with him about staying sane in the midst of political strife and how we keep our sanity when we have political differences with those around us. I think that's a much needed conversation right about now. Mm -hmm. And then we are going to
1: end the podcast talking a little bit about some thoughts on tattoos. Yes. How's that sound? Okay. So morning skincare routines. We've actually been asked a decent amount of times to cover this. So
0: obviously, you know, Sarah, ironically, (laughs) I have not been asked. (laughs) That's not a question I'm getting a lot. It's just you. (laughs) Which is fair. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, come on, come on. It's what I do. It's what I do for a living. No one's asking me.
1: Um, but people wanna
0: know. Okay. Inquiring minds want to know. I'm asking you. Okay. I am like everyone else. I'm coming to you. I mean, I actually my entire morning skincare routine is one you told me to do. But it, and tell me what that is. Hit it. Tell me. Well, I want to okay. know. This is me distilling what you've told me to do. Put acid on my face. But <laughs> but it should be non-toxic. <laughs> <laughs> Put the so, acid on. Mm-hmm. But non-toxic acid. So um, you recommended a company called Drunk Elephant. They do an entire skincare line. Um, it is all non-toxic, green. Um, and I i will say, I tried using the whole line. I just followed the entire instructions. I plopped down a stupid amount of money. And I was like, I'm going to give this a month. And I did it. And it really made a difference. Oh, there you go, like, people. It, there really you go. made a difference. And I will say that I, unfortunately I have super sensitive skin. Mm-hmm. Um, I can break out just by changing the soap I use, like people who like wash their face with like a hotel bar soap or just use the face wash. They like the body wash they use in the shower on their face. Like I would just, I would just break out from something like that. So so, Sarah, I mean, uh, so the Drunk Elephant line worked super well for me. And I'm going to talk about some alternatives to that if it's too expensive because it is it is stupid expensive. Yeah. But explain to me why the salicylic acid works. Well, there's all different kinds of acids. So actually, salicylic acid
1: helps by sloughing off, like very gently sloughing off dead skin cells. And that's the most important. If you're going to do any, if you're going to add anything to your skincare routine, you want to exfoliate your skin. And there are physical exfoliators like you, you everyone remembers St. Ives um, apricot scrub from their childhood, right? Where you'd like actually rub it on your face and it's all gritty and it not, you know, takes off some of that dead skin, but there's also ones that are chemical. And so salicylic acid works at very gently doing the same thing. You're just not actually like rubbing grit on your face. So okay, it's, got it. it's, so they can add that easily to lotions or serums or whatever. And that helps. And that just makes your face look more, youthful it has more of a glow because you are actually working off those dead skin cells which can make you look kind of tired
0: i want to make a quick note about salicylic acid because this is one of those things interestingly enough it that is also a treatment for acne yes salicylic acid it's in a lot of acne treatments now i because i break out very easily even still in my 40s I've never used it because if I tried an acne treatment with salicylic acid, it would make me break out more. Mm -hmm. So I was really hesitant to try this whole skincare routine that has it as an ingredient. But then I started Googling breaking out after salicylic acid, and I started reading of people who said there's sort of a a breakout period where the salicylic acid is sort of expunging your face, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And that if you give it time, it will go away. So I, like I said, I gave it the college try. I was like, I'm going to do this. This works well for other people. I use salicylic acid on my face every day. I broke out like you would not believe. Yes. Like disgusting whiteheads for two weeks to the point where I was ready to give up. But I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then at week two, I had no more breakouts. Right. Like none. Like Less than I did before, so I am here to testify. The whole, you know, expunging thing is a real phenomenon. Oh, and if you give it time, you can get to the other end, and it might be really amazing.
1: And you know, you really actually you bring up a really good point for any, not just salicylic acid, but trying anything new for your face. It's very likely that you're going to go through a period of adjustment, and you might have bumps on the face or congestion on the face, or you might have like actual breakouts on the face. That doesn't mean that that product's not right for you. It's just, especially when you're looking into removing that kind of like outer layer of dead skin cells, you're going to have this this effect where you might have things come up, but that's actually good. It's like your skin detoxifying. So anyway, uh, you know, salicylic acid is one of very many things. There are actually people out there in the clean or green beauty realm that won't use salicylic acid. So, you know, it's not a completely non-toxic chemical. I do want to say that if you follow, um, Skin deep, you know the Environmental Working Group's website. It's rated a four. So you know, it d- depending on where you sit on what you want to use on your face, you know, you'd have to look into it. As with any ingredient, which that can just be super daunting. But kind of rolling it back a second, if we can. Um, do you, Kristen, do you know Nom Nom Paleo? This is this seems off the subject, but it's not really. I very. love Nom Nom. Okay, I love them. I have their cookbook. Me yes. too. Okay, so you know she just had a brand new one came out
0: her second one. I don't wind. have that yet. I just gift. I just got it a couple
1: <laughs> days ago. And I was lying on the couch reading the introduction uh, to this cookbook. And she taught, I forgot her name right now, but she spoke about how, you know, ev- there's so many studies that show that the majority of Americans spend eight hours a day on screens. Okay. Eight hours. And that can be any kind of screen, television, computer screen, you know, phones, whatever. But she just found it remarkable that most of those people will not spend 30 minutes on food prep, but yet you have eight hours in your day that you're spending staring at a screen. Oh
0: my gosh, that's convicting.
1: Yeah, super convicting. And I want to extend that to skincare because Mm -hmm. that's not even 30 minutes. You could do uh, wondrous things for your face in three to four minutes a day. And I'm like, you know, it's crazy to me that I would spend all this time looking at a screen, but I won't spend five to 10 minutes a day taking care of my body, this body that's this gift to me that I want to take care of. So I'm very convicted about skincare. And it's not, of course, I mean, glowing skin is great. I'm not, I mean, it's, it's wonderful to have your skin look great, but it's more than that. It's more, it's about taking care of yourself, respecting your body, respecting the skin that you're in, and just kind of paying mindful attention to it. So a lot of it has to do with products, but not really. It's, it's just taking care of yourself, you know, like taking the time away from all these other things that aren't doing anything good for you. And then turning it back to yourself and being mindful about your skin. And that's like my little soapbox, but I just, I don't think it takes that much time. And I'm sure once we talk about what we're doing for our morning skincare routine, it's not a lot of time that I take at all. In well, I take,
0: like, zero time. You probably take more time than I do. I take less than five minutes, probably four Yeah, five that's minutes. not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. That's not bad at all. And I think, you know, since I have started using better products, I do feel better about... Yeah. I mean, it does feel like a little treat. And I like this... You know, I like the way the soap that I use feels, and I like the way my face feels. It it does feel like a little self care in the morning, like a little indulgent. It does. It's and it shouldn't. It should feel. Hopefully, it does feel
1: indulgent, but not in a bad way. I see it as like a ritual. To me, it's like very ritualistic. It's soothing. It's something I do every day. It gives me. It's my time. It's yeah. time for me. I like when my kids see me doing it. Um, in the morning and in the evening, it's my time that I'm, I know it sounds kind of like woo woo, but really honoring my body. Like I, I just really think it shows that you respect yourself. So I do it. It's a ritual. It soothes me. It's just like going for a walk or meditating or, you know, spending some time taking some deep breaths. Yeah but also it's <laughs> the end result is not just like soothing myself, but actually having better skin. So hey,
0: win-win, I think. Which is good. Okay, so your routine I know is a little longer than mine. My routine yeah. involves literally I wash my face with the um it's drunk elephants, um Soap. It's it's right. like a bar soap. The bar soap, yes. Which is amazing. We yes. will link that up on selfiepodcast.com. It's twenty two dollars, but it's actually the least expensive um thing in their entire line because it will last you like it will last you six months. Yeah, that's great. um but it's just a nice little soap. It it leaves your face really soft. It's actually not soap, it's a cleansing bar. You know, I know that there's you know, it doesn't have like the sodium laurel sulfate or whatever in it, but right. I wash my face. And then I put their day serum on the end, but I feel like you have a few more steps than I do in your routine. I do. So so explain why, why do I need more steps? Okay. Well, you don't have to have more steps.
1: Okay. No one has to have more steps. I'll tell you what I do. Well, just tell Um, me what to do. Okay. I'll (laughs) tell you. Let me just, let me tell you. Okay. So. I start cleansing my face, obviously. That's the number one step. This is what I'm going to say to you, though. It's mm. something that gets stuff off your face and it's washed off your face. It's on your face for a very short amount of time. You should be focusing on your serums, your oils, things that stay on your face. So I say cleanser, easy peasy, whatever you want to do. When I wake up in the morning, I, um, use a cleanser by Tata Harper. It's called the Regenerating Cleanser, which is very reminiscent of those physical exfoliants I'm talking about. So it's uh, it's kind of creamy. It has a little bit of grit in it. And I rub that all over my dry face in the morning and then just rinse it off. And it just exfoliates my skin. In the evenings, which I think we're gonna talk about on a different podcast, I use a foaming cleanser by One Love Organics. It is my favorite cleanser in the world because it takes everything off your face. It takes your eye makeup, your mascara, your eyeliner off your face. It smells like pineapple. Nothing bothers me more than when someone says like, oh yeah, mine takes off my eye makeup. You know, if I like rub it and get a washcloth. I mean, no, this is like you just foaming up in your hands. You put it on your face and like your makeup's gone. It's the best thing that- What's this one called again? One Love Organics Easy Does It Foaming Cleanser. It's an all body. You can use it on your body. You could use it in your hair you want to. You can use it on your face. It is, I have used it for years. I adore it. Um, I would use it both morning and night, but I prefer to exfoliate in the morning. So that's why I use the Tata Harper, which I um, just mentioned. But if you're just looking for a do-it-all foaming cleanser, I cannot recommend that one enough. It is so good. So anyway- I
0: might have to try that.
1: Oh, it's so good. And it smells like pineapples. I mean, it's just, um, yeah, that's awesome. it's so, so good. And when I travel, I just put it in a little travel and I use it for my entire body too. So it's just all in one face, body clean. Great. So I start with the cleanse obviously. And then I use a toner. And the toner that I love is by Moon. Now, I was not on the toner bandwagon for a very long time.
0: I don't understand the toner thing either. It just seems like an extra step that doesn't yeah. matter. So why does it matter? Why should we be toning? Okay, so the toners usually
1: hydrate the skin. They The one that I use specifically by Moon, it's called the Moon Rose Toner, which we'll link to on selfiepodcast.com. It actually has um, hyaluronic acid in it, which is a natural... It, Uh, draws moisture into the skin. So it moisturizes your skin, it softens the skin, and it balances the pH of your skin. Because a lot of times when you cleanse with a cleanser, you kind of mess up the pH because sometimes it can be a little much, right? So... Mm -hmm this kind of restores the pH. So the one I use is between a 4.5 and a 5.5, the pH. So it just basically, it basically balances your skin, gets it back to where it was before cleansing, pH-wise. So it's ready for the next step, which is the most important, which is serums, oils, lotions, what have you. Not all of those things, one of those things. So- And then
0: explain to me, okay, so toning, that's gonna like kind of- prepare the face for Mm -hmm. this stuff. And then what is the difference between serum and a moisturizer? Do you use both? Is it all in one? I don't, I don't get that part either.
1: Okay. So a serum is a lightweight moisturizer that penetrates deeply into the skin and delivers active ingredients into the skin. Now, some serums, if you try them on your face, you'll realize you'll need an extra layer of moisture afterwards some serums are very moisturizing so for me i use kind of an all-in-one situation i don't put a serum on an oil i don't Mm -hmm. like to have so many steps i mean the toner freaking adding the toner was enough you know (laughs) honestly as far as i can go yeah i mean as far as i can go Honestly, if I could do it, I would just wash my face and put the serum on. And sometimes I do, but I really have grown to really enjoy uh, the toner. I'm telling you this. I really like my toner. So the one that I have is Bulgarian rose water. I don't know what, I don't know. Like who cares? It, It sounds super fancy. So it's Bulgarian rose water. It has that hyaluronic acid in it that, you know, keeps the moisture in the skin. I have recommended this toner to so many people. And I've never had one person not absolutely adore it and continue to buy it again and again, and again. Also a toner, you can spray on your face throughout the day. Like if you're just feeling like you just want a little moisture or just want to freshen up your face, just spray it all over. And it just, I mean, it just soaks right in. It doesn't mess up your makeup or anything.
0: Now, is a toner one that we want to spend more money on? Because, like, I just have the Thayer's, you know. I mean, you can buy it at Target. It's not no, expensive. No, I don't.
1: I just think as long as you're really looking into the ingredients to make sure there's no fillers in there, there's no mm-hmm. fragrance. No, what I don't think which you hazel? have— What witch hazel? Witch hazel's fine. Good? Yeah. Okay. That's totally— I feel like maybe that might be in my toner as well, but I'm not sure. But yeah, just make sure the ingredients are good, that there's no sort of chemical or, you know, parabens or phthalates or anything like that in there that we've talked about before when we are talking yep. about the hair stuff. So I think toner, as um, as I get older, I find that I really like to prep my skin for the serum and the toner does just that. So mm-hmm. I cleanse, I do the toner, and then I put on my serum, which is an oil-based serum. So this is my all-in-one delivering active ingredients into my facial skin, but also moisturizing. And the one I use is by Maya Chia, and it's actually a chia seed oil. And chia seed oil has so much goodness in it. It is um, all the omega fatty acids, antioxidants, minerals, so good. And I, like you, Kristen Howerton, am super sensitive and you know, and lots of people know that are listening that I, part of my career is skincare and I try everything. I'm sent, you know, bottles and yes. bottles of stuff every week that I have to kind of try and review and see if I like it.
0: No, you absolutely. And I want to, I want to pause yeah, here and say, yeah. Sarah, you know, if, Like Sarah knows what she's talking about. I mean, I'm joking about like, tell me what to do, but you do, you do all the research and then I'm just lazy and and do what you tell me to, but you have (laughs) tried all the products. Um, So I absolutely think when you're recommending something, you know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. I mean, I probably of all the products that I try and research and review, I only speak about probably eight to 10% of those products. Yeah. Most of them are not, no one's going to hear anything about them because for whatever reason, but this Maya Chia, I do have to say I have tried so many serums and I'm not really good with tons of ingredients or tons of scents. And I don't think you are either, Kristen. I think a lot Mm -mm. of people are really irritated, even if it's completely quote unquote green and it's only using natural essential oils. It's too much for my skin. I just, my skin gets super congested and angry. So this Maya Chia, it's Chia oil, Chia seed oil. It is so Lightweight on the face, it smells beautiful, kind of citrusy but not too heavy. But it leaves my face really moisturized, so you don't have to use anything else. So I now put, l- yeah. let me ask
0: you this though: so you're using an oil in the morning because I know for yeah. a lot of us, I mean, especially growing up in the '80s, it was all about like stripping your face of all the oil. Totally. So totally. it sounds counterintuitive, especially for those of us prone to breaking out, that you're putting an oil yes. on your face. Well, that's what's so funny. I mean.
1: Yeah, there's so many people that are like, oh my God, I could never put oil on my face. I'm trying to keep the oil away. But that's that's hogwash. It really is. Because the truth is that most natural oils are easily absorbed. They're not greasy and non-comedogenic. That is, they have a really low potential to clog pores. So that really is a myth. And I could line up tens, 20s, 30, 40, 50 people that were so scared of using oils on their faces that actually their acne completely cleared up because naturally occurring oils do not clog the skin. The fillers Absolutely. clog the skin.
0: And I want to say, after we get done talking about your skincare routine, I want to go through a couple options for people that want to do this on the cheap. Yeah. But I am here to say that um, I, I was that person scared to death of oils. One oil that has worked very well for me is hemp oil. And you mm-hmm. can get that on Amazon, super cheap, like just it's just hemp oil. Um, And it is also, it will not break you out. Um, And you can, you know, you can get hemp oil for 16 bucks on Amazon if the chia oil is, you know, out of your price range.
1: Exactly. And there, there are, there are so many oils that you can use on the face. And a lot of times... Maruka oil is another good one. Oh my gosh. Maruka oil is awesome. It's very, it's clean. It doesn't clog. It doesn't have much of a scent. So people that do not want to deal with heavy scents on their face. Mm -hmm. That's a great one. But I really would, or you could probably look into chia oil. You know, you do have to pay attention to make sure what's in it, to make sure there are no fillers in the oil. And you really should trust the company you're buying from because there are good sources of oil and there are bad sources of oil. And so not all hemp oils Mm -hmm. are the same, there can right. be some that are contaminated, so you just need to pay attention. Be sure and use a brand that you trust, and always look at the label and make sure there's nothing else in there.
0: And I want to give another shout out. We talked about this brand last week when we were talking about, or a couple of weeks ago when we talked about hair care and and um, finding good green products. But A Cure Organics mm-hmm. is an excellent line. Um, it's it's green, and they have they have um, Maruka oil for it's $12 on Amazon. So, you know, there are options out there that aren't going to break the bank. Absolutely. And we will link to all of this on selfiepodcast.com.
1: Yes, we will. Because uh, yeah, you shouldn't have to be concerned about price points because really the price points on a lot of these products are all over the place. If you're looking for luxury, of course you can find it. If you're looking for something less expensive, you can find it. But I really would, I, I do not use lotions on my face or creams anymore. I I use, and I have, I mean, we're, we're really not scratching the surface of all the actual products I have that I use once in a while, but none of those are lotions or creams. Um, the only lotion base that I use, which I guess I should probably point out is there is actually one more step. If I'm going to be outside at all, I put on my sunscreen And which is so important, so important to put the sunscreen on. And the one I use is by Josh Rosebrook. It's an SPF 30 and it's completely clean because, you know, you run into so many issues with chemical sunscreens that are so bad for you. And this one is amazing. It's lightweight. It doesn't leave a greasy film at all absorbs readily. I love it. I'll link to that as well. So I put on that oil or the serum. And then I usually let that kind of sink in for a bit, maybe like brush my teeth or go do something else. And then I'll put on my sunscreen for the day. But if I'm not going to be outside at all, or feeling like I'm going to be that much in like with the UV rays, I'll just kind of skip the sunscreen part.
0: Yeah. I don't sunscreen every day. I I know I should, but it's like, I feel like it's just one more thing that can kind of irritate my skin.
1: Yeah, I know. You have to be really careful. You have to be careful. And the ones that are actually decent for your skin usually are the ones that are kind of more of a physical block. So they're the thicker, whiter
0: ones. They are. And Um, the one that I do really love, and I use it for, for my son who has really bad eczema, But needs a sunscreen every day, too. Is um, also the drunk elephant. It's just their sunscreen. Yeah, they've got a good one. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I would definitely recommend Drunk Elephant. Um, and then also, once again, even going on somewhere like Amazon just doing a little bit of research, you can find sunscreens that are physical blocks, not chemical. That's, that's what you're looking for. You want to find a physical sunblock, not a chemical
0: sunblock. Right. Meaning it, ha- it really, the active ingredient is zinc oxide.
1: Right. And there's a couple other ones too. But yeah, the way that yeah. it's working is it's actually physically repelling the sun off your face. Right. So um, that's something to look into as well. So yeah, I mean, I feel like I could go on for days on this, but I'm not going to. The only other thing that I'd like to talk about briefly, and we can probably pick this up in a couple of weeks when we talk about nighttime routines, um, is masking. And oh yes, um, as you get older, especially, I mean, anyone benefits from a mask, but I... I put on a mask at least three to four times a week. I consider that a treatment for myself. I also love like. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where I feel like I see the biggest changes with my skin is using masks a lot because they are powerful, And it doesn't
0: dry your skin out too much.
1: Oh, gosh, no. No, no, no. Because there's so many different kinds. I have masks that are specifically for moisture. I have a mask um, by May Lindstrom called the Honey Mud, which is made out of honey. Oh, my God. It smells amazing. And you put that on your face. It doesn't even dry. It, It stays wet on the face the entire time. And it makes you so glowy. And your skin is just so just plump after you use it. It's great for anyone with dry skin or during the winter months. So if I were going to add anything else to this list, I would say using a mask, even just start out using a mask once a week is huge for treating specific problems within your skin. I didn't give a crap about masks in my thirties, but I'm 43 and I'm just now, you know, I really want to take good care of my skin. So masks are definitely a part of that.
0: Now, Sarah, what about, um, you know, stuff around the eyes. Do you do a daily wrinkle cream? Do you do anything like that?
1: That is such a good question. Well, if you read anything that I've written for the past 10 years on my blog about eye creams, I have always been thumbs down because I just, I really haven't bought into the whole, oh, the eye skin is so much more delicate. I'm like, no, I'm just putting whatever the serums on my face. I'm just putting it all over my face. But I will say in the past year or so I have noticed that I probably need to use something around my eyes due to just, you know, getting mm-hmm. older, fine lines and wrinkles, puffiness. So I have started to use an eye serum. It's not a cream. And it's so awesome because it's in a roller ball.
0: Ooh. And
1: you put it in the refrigerator.
0: And oh, oh yeah. I feel like I could manage that.
1: Oh yeah. In the morning when you wake up and you're all puffy and tired, just take that little puppy and rub it around your eyes in the cooling effect. And that's also actually by Maya Chia. I really love Maya Chia. So um, I'll link to that as well. It's called their Eye Achiever Rollerball. And I just love that it's a rollerball and that I can put it yeah. in the refrigerator and it's cool and I put it on my eyes. So I, this is a very recent thing. I started using it about two months ago, but up until two months ago, I had not used any eye cream ever.
0: You know, I don't either. I don't know what my deal is because I um, own a bunch of them, but I just I don't do that step. I, it's, it's,
1: it was very hard for me until this whole rollerball in the refrigerator. That was a game changer because it's almost like putting little cucumbers on your eyes or something, you know, and it just and feels do you so do good.
0: It, do you do it morning and night? Um, I
1: try to, but I'm going to be honest. That's the one step that sometimes I just forget about because it's not sitting right in front of me. Right. Upstairs in my bathroom.
0: Yep. So,
1: um, but I want to get better about that because that's, I don't know about you, Kristen, but at my age, that's where I'm starting to see some big changes just around the eyes, around the eyes. And it never used to be a problem for me, but it, and it's not a problem now, but it, it's something that I'm noticing. So I'm just trying to be proactive about it.
0: Well, I am more bothered by the, like, um, the little pucker wrinkles around my lips. Yeah. I don't know what you put on that. I, that's tough.
1: I would just say you need to keep, no matter what, you've got to keep them super hydrated.
0: Yeah. You just got to keep
1: something around them. But yeah, that's another thing, you know, getting older, the lipstick starts bleeding Uh into the little cracks. Uh huh. I just love getting older. It's super fun. Okay. So honestly, I could go on for days about this. And if you have any specific questions about morning skincare routines, please leave us a comment at selfiepodcast.com because I know there's just a lot of information. I'd
0: be happy to answer it or Kristen would be happy to answer it as well. So and Do we're also gonna overload you with links to products yeah. <laughs> multiple price points. No, for real. You yeah, know, we're we're going to give suggestions for luxury skincare products and we're gonna give suggestions for, you know, if you want a lower price point and everything we're gonna link up to is gonna pass Sarah's standard of green. Non-toxic. It will pass my standard of green. If it doesn't, I'll have a huge asterisk
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> saying mm-hmm. it doesn't. But we, yeah, we'll try to keep everything as non-toxic as
0: possible for all of your options. So when I was a teen learning to shave my legs, my mom did not do me any favors by buying me really cheap disposable razors. If you grew up in as a teen in the 90s, you know the ones. And they left nicks and cuts all over me when I was trying to shave. So with two girls learning how to shave their legs right now, I am committed to making sure that they have good quality razors. Guys, I was probably well into my 30s before I realized the difference a quality razor makes. Today's sponsor is Athena Club. They have great razor kits that we have been using in our house for a couple months. The razor blades are awesome. They are surrounded by this water-activated serum that has shea butter and hyaluronic acid. So you get a silky smooth shave that actually leaves your skin soft and hydrated as opposed to stripped dry and their blades are spaced out to let hair and shave cream pass through easily so you don't have to make a ton of passes going over and over the skin to remove the hair. Fewer passes means less irritation to your skin, which cuts down on razor burn and ingrown hairs. decreasing, I've seen my skin tone looking better, and it feels really nice. If you've used an over-the-counter retinol before, you know it's really great. off your first order, which is their very best offer anywhere. That's S E L F I E to get 15% off your first order at DearBrightly.com. Options.
1: Okay, so let's talk to Caleb Gardner. Caleb has over a decade of experience in digital leadership and social impact. He was the lead digital strategist for Barack Obama's political advocacy group for more than three years. And he is now the co-founder and managing partner of 18 Coffees, which is a digital strategy and innovation firm. So thanks so much for joining us today, Caleb.
2: Happy to be here with two of my favorite people.
1: (laughs) No, Uh, stop. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, We have some questions for you today. This is a subject that's affecting many right now, staying sane with political strife. And uh, yeah. yeah, right. So here's the deal: like, how do we find the balance between staying informed on current events versus losing ourselves to complete despair over things we can't control? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is an adequate, you know, <laughs> summary of what we're all struggling with right now, including me, who is for years was completely plugged into the um, dc political bubble i i'm having to find ways to maintain my sanity because i feel like i'm probably still plugged in more than most uh, and i don't i don't really feel like there's an easy answer to them that to that other than you have to find a balance between you know handling your everyday life and not giving up and disconnecting completely right and and how you handle your everyday life. And especially in ways where you still do things that are life giving for you so that you don't fall into that pit of despair. Yeah, I think probably looks different for every person.
1: That's super true. So what are some of the ways in your day to day life that you kind of find that balance and practice self
2: care? I mean, there's a couple ways. I mean, one, for me during the week, I think doing the work and and being able to find ways to plug in that I feel like are making a difference are pretty life-giving to me because I feel like I'm not just sitting back and watching it all happen like I'm actively fighting against it yeah call it being part of the resistance calling it call it whatever but having outlets where you feel like you are tangibly making a difference I think is is very life-giving for me at least but I also have a family and, and an entrepreneur and starting my own company and there are lots of um (laughs) things that I have to do that aren't just being outraged. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So so, uh, how I've kind of found balance is in um, some creative outlets, you know, in writing, in playing guitar, and kind of doing things with my hands that aren't just looking at a screen. I think I find those super important. Um, But I also just completely disconnect. I mean, when on the weekends, I've started implementing a no social media rule because I realized that I was like, reading things in the morning and getting yeah. super angry and then not being present with my kids. And so I just, I, I had to draw that line in the sand for myself, like be super outraged and part of the resistance during the week. And then the weekends, like actually be present with my family.
0: It's so true.
1: So really like no social media at all on the weekends.
2: I, I, We'll still do Instagram. Instagram yeah. does not make me angry.
1: Yeah, n- right. neither. <laughs> it's so true. It's the happy. Instagram's it's the happy, the happy app.
2: place. Exactly. That's the escape. The, you go to Instagram <laughs> to escape.
1: Yeah. Well, that's. Oh, that's good. I'm thinking about trying to just deleting Facebook app
0: off my phone. Because yeah, I'm Facebook over it. Is kind of. It's the scary. It's the sunken place.
2: <laughs> What's crazy about Facebook is that it's this amazing tool that people have used. um, and it's also, like you said, the a horrible pit of despair. But, like, yeah. <laughs> all the – all the in Chicago, we've had all this amazing – all these amazing rallies that last minute will come together on Facebook. I'm thinking of, like, the travel ban um, rally that was at O'Hare came together through a Facebook yeah. event in, like, oh, really? a couple of hours. It was insane.
0: Yeah. Same with so the one in L.A. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think most of them were organized that way. So it's, it's become this amazing resistance tool, but also – you know, your day-to-day newsfeed, um, you know, is is less enjoyable than maybe it once was.
0: How about, okay, so, you know, the holidays are coming up and many of us, myself included, will be sitting down to Thanksgiving dinner with relatives who think very differently politically. You know, how do we gird ourselves um, for those <laughs> interactions and how do, you know, how do we have our, our family traditions and our Tender family moments in the midst of
2: some vehement
0: disagreement with our loved ones.
2: Yeah, I have some direct experience in this. Um, (laughs) As Sarah knows, my, uh, my immediate family is largely deep in red state culture and red state politics. And, you know, I worked for Barack Obama for three years. And the way that we got through that was mainly honestly not talking about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It it was like an awkward. Yeah. It was like, how's your job? And I was like, good. And then we would move on.
1: Um, (laughs) That's kind of how we roll as well. (laughs) Yeah.
2: But, you know, I don't know that that's necessarily healthy, but that's what worked for us. I mean, I think it's, the thing that I kind of try to keep in back of my mind is that I still want to love these people. And so I don't want mm-hmm. to, like, um, go onto territory that um, is going to make me see them in less than a friendly light, which is honestly why I think we probably don't even see each other in our Facebook news feeds anymore. Right. Like let's just ignore that part of our lives. And so... When we're together, I think as people, we can be principled about certain things that have nothing to do with politics or at least are tangentially related to politics and talk about those things and like common values um, instead of talking about candidates or politicians, Mm. if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I just think too, when you're with a family, let's say, you know, let's say you're coming back to Oklahoma, which you're, you know, born and raised Oklahoma, in, yep. like me Okay, through uh, and through. Oh, through and through. And sometimes it's, it's just not worth it. I think you're only seeing these people once or twice a year. And like you said, yeah, it's, you can either get super heated about it or you can just try to stay on other subjects. And I'm not saying that that's really healthy either, but I think, if this was a situation when you're around the person all the time, it's a different story, but you know, coming yeah. back for the holidays, it's kind of like, let's all be united in the happy loving familyness that we are.
2: I think that's right. And especially I'm very conscious of the fact that my kids only see my long distance relatives, maybe once or twice a year. Yes. And so I don't want to create a toxic environment for them
0: based yes. on yeah. kind of my
2: own, you know, uh, issues with the cultural you know things going on in Oklahoma. I want to like I want to create as neutral an environment for them to be able to experience these people as people, you know, and not not imprint upon them if that makes sense. But I but I am pretty conscious about you know uh, the progressive in me wants to um, uh, call out things when I see them, and so like there's this weird tension between wanting to make sure my kids know. You know, when there's a, a dissonance in what we value, how to appropriately call that out, you know, mm. in, a, in a way that isn't too tenacious and wanting to completely ignore it, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. That's yeah. a really hard balance.
1: Okay, so, Caleb, you just talked a little bit about children and, you know, modeling for your children in these, um, in these situations. So I want to, like, get off the political a little bit and talk more just about how you approach self-care With multiple small children. First of all, will you tell us the ages of your children?
2: Yes. I have an eight year old, a five year old, and a two year old. So, all boys. All boys. Pretty pretty chaotic household for us.
0: And I remember when you kind of announced your your third pregnancy, and I think I said something like, Who would have kids this close together? (laughs) (laughs) Who does that? Who does that?
1: (laughs) Who's that person? Uh, We do. Because I do too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Go back. Yeah. Go back.
2: <laughs> Turn around. We definitely had that like conversation when we had two where we were like, are we sure we want to do three, you know, like dragged our feet on it for a long time. But I, my wife really wanted to try for a girl and, and, you know, we did and it failed and then we have three boys. It's fine.
1: <laughs> that does seem to happen. <laughs> I've had that happen to a few friends. So what's it like? What's it like for you? I mean, you, you work hard all day, you know, you've got so much going on, a budding business. Um, you're so dialed in, like you said, to politics and, and then you come home and like, what, what's that look like to you?
2: Yeah. During the week, it's pretty chaotic. Um, sometimes it looks like getting home pretty late, like tonight i probably won't get home until like nine or nine thirty, And so most of the burden falls on my wife. Um so my first tip is have a really gracious partner who um takes on most of the uh day-to-day childcare um and so uh, you know it looks different day-to-day during during the week definitely i mean sometimes i work from home and so that i'm there when the kids get home it just depends um but i because it's so chaotic during the week i really try as much as i can to protect that weekend time And to not, like, let travel creep into the weekend, not let my phone creep into the weekend. Like, I'm, you know, super plugged into my email and all that. So I attempt as much as possible to not do that during the weekend.
0: I'm not perfect at
2: it. Definitely don't have a perfect track record. But I'm conscious of the fact that our kids see how much we are on screens. And so it's hard to regulate their time on their devices um, which mm-hmm. they do. my two year old is like all about the iPad and I'm like, this is insane. Oh yeah. Um, so I try try to at least, you know, be conscious of that on the weekends, but it's definitely tough.
0: Yeah. But I think what you know, something that strikes me is you are obviously a person who is very dialed into social media. I mean it's your job. And you're also yeah. a person who's very dialed into politics and that was your job for a long time as well and to hear you giving yourself permission to kind of pull out of both of those in your in your family moments in your home time like I don't know it's it's interesting like I feel like you're giving me permission too because it's like okay if he can do this I can do this you know
2: yeah I mean it, ultimately we kind of have to realize especially on the political stuff is that this is a marathon right and so we have to mm. figure out yeah ways to we can be sustainable in our lives. And and for me, part of my sustainability regimen, if you want to call it that is unplugging. And sometimes it means unplugging for a week at a time. And sometimes it means unplugging for the weekends.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's still going to be there t- when you get back.
2: Yeah, exactly. And things are still going to be messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so I, I think, yeah, it's part of how I sustain long term work. And, and I, I think back to like, the deep work versus shallow work model, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's really easy to burn out on the shallow work of like retweeting something um, and not have energy to do the deep work that really makes change. And so that's such a good point. Yeah. So it's part of, part of how I keep myself sustained, but it's also, again, just modeling for the kids about, you know, moderation and, and, and family time.
0: Now you mentioned, you know, kind of um, resistance as a form of, of self-care um and just you know how that sort of gives you life to feel like you're you know a part of a bigger movement i mean specifically like what are some of the ways that you dive in and you know advocacy or that kind of a thing
2: yeah i mean there's there's a few different ways that i do it personally i mean one is the political work itself and i don't i don't tend to assign like specific types of work that every single person should do Mm -hmm. I do believe in civic engagement and participation, but that doesn't necessarily mean I think everyone is in the life stage to be able to show up to a public rally, you know, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I show up and see other people um, who are just as fired up to push back on things like a Muslim travel ban, you know, that really does give me life and sustains me and, and, and helps me see that I'm not alone in how I think about this issue. Um, and so that's one way that I engage. And, you know, I do yeah. quite a bit of behind the scenes work, too. You know, I'm a senior advisor at Swing Left, which is an organization that specifically is trying to swing the House back to Democrats in 2018. So there's, you know, there's some other tangible ways I'm helping out behind the scenes. But, the, you know, one of the things that I do the most probably is just saying yes to other people and helping them and just either getting on the phone with them and trying to help them think through ideas. Um through just being a really good friend and advisor, like I find a lot of energy in, in helping people who are trying to change the world in big ways and small ways. And so I, oh, tend, to, I tend to say yes to those people and figure out how I'm going to have time for that later. And it's worked out okay so far.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. And I think it kind of reverts back to what Chris and I have been talking about in previous podcasts that a lot of this whole self care initiative needs to kind of revolve around community. And being yeah. actually being around people, helping other people, and not so much just in a social media realm, but actually getting down together and doing the work—you know, eye to eye, one to one.
2: I think I think you find that you you change by helping others, right? You, right. It, it is a it is a catalyst for change in your own life when you're around other people doing the work, for sure.
1: Absolutely. Well, Caleb, thank you so much for joining us today. You are always, as always, awesome.
2: Yeah, I'm happy to be here. And I'm not not kidding that you two are two of my favorites. So thank
1: you for inviting me. Wow. <laughs> well, we love you too. <laughs>
0: thank you,
2: friend.
1: <laughs> Caleb is so great. I should have asked him what kind of tattoo he had because now it's time to talk tattoos. I think we have a little bit of time left. I feel
0: like tattoos are just so, they're just so common now, right? Oh my gosh, they really are. I mean, somebody made a joke that like a a Christian mom with a tattoo on her forearm. It's like, that's the new accessory, (laughs) which makes it sound so basic bitch, you know? (laughs) It does.
1: But I just feel like that is just everyone. Everyone has a tattoo.
0: Not everyone everyone. has a tattoo. They are not edgy anymore. They're no, they're not edgy at all. Kristen, you don't have any tattoos, correct? No. And it's super weird because I actually really like tattoos. I I really like them. I like them on men. I like them on women. I think they're super sexy. Um, I've always wanted one, but I cannot commit to artwork. Yeah. So I hand wring. And I pin and I save pictures and I screenshot and I I decide on a piece of artwork and then I decide, no, I don't like that. So I have zero tattoos, which is so weird. You do love tattoos and you do. I I do. You do. We've talked about them a lot. Well,
1: you could do what I did at 18 years old and just go walk into a tattoo parlor thing in Kansas City and point to a butterfly on the wall and say, I'll take that. (laughs) I'll take that. How's that that going for you now, Sarah? Well, let's talk about that butterfly on my back, which I think I went through seven or eight laser tattoo removal sessions on that puppy. And it still is blue. Like the middle part of the wings were kind of blue Mm -hmm. and green. So that's still there. So it looks like I have a very, very pale pastel painting of... A butterfly on my back and I hate it. Or a bruise. <laughs> it just I, looks like you have a I, bruise. <laughs> I would much rather take a bruise. People still are like, is that, is, is that a butterfly? I don't even, well, I, I do like butterflies, I have to say, but yeah, random. And then. That, now that's is this the, in, is this in the tramp stamp location no, at the back? it's oh. not. Well, it's, it's the <laughs> tramp stamp location, but to the left. I didn't okay, do it. In it's the off middle. center. It's off center. What is so funny to me is that I can gauge trends now by the placement of my tattoo. And what I totally. mean by that is when I had my tattoo done in the early 90s, I wanted my pants to cover it so people wouldn't see it. So it, you know, sits kind of in my lower back, but kind of like mid to lower back. Then over the past 15 years, when pants Dropped really low. That puppy was flying like a good two inches above <laughs> my pant line. But now it's moving back up. So I'm yes. engaged. I can gauge by I can gauge by that butterfly. But yeah, that thing. It's been ten years since I tried to remove it, so I might have to revisit it. I think there's better lasers now. Why don't you just tattoo over it? Uh, because I don't want a tattoo on my back. Oh. Especially my lower back, because yeah, it's not in the center, but it's still super tramp stampy, I think. And well, if not, you were, do, do you have any others? Well, yeah, yeah, I do. I do, Kristen, because the next year when I was in college. 19, so we're at 19. We're at 19 I'm now. 19. Okay. Oh, wait, I think I have these backwards. I think this one I'm about to tell you about, I got first, to be honest, gotta, gotta stay factual, but, um, this one's even better. This was, I went to the University of Kansas- The Kansas State flower is a sunflower. Mm -hmm. So my friend and I went to a tattoo parlor and we couldn't find a sunflower we liked. So we picked, I don't know, a daisy or some some (laughs) random flower and then had the guy color it yellow and brown. So it's not even really a (laughs) sunflower.
0: (laughs) I did not know this story. You guys...
1: I made so many oh, bad decisions. I'm telling you. So luckily this one is just on my um right next to my hip bone. Luckily no one can see it, but it is so ridiculous. I don't even know what it is. And I just <laughs> why? Why did I do these things to myself?
0: But this so. is the thing about, about tattoos is I do feel like they go through cycles, just yes. like fashion, right? Yes. So, you know, it was the butterfly for a while. And then it was the, you know, the Celtic, <laughs> yes. and it was the tribal, <laughs> the tribal, and then it was writing something in Hebrew, <laughs> you know, on your arm. And, and I do feel like every time I thought I was going to get a tattoo, I say, give it six months. Right. So uh. I was obsessed with owls. I was going to get an owl six months later. Owl tattoos were everywhere. <laughs> I was going to get an arrow that's so interesting and unique. You know, six months later, oh, everyone yeah. has an arrow tattoo. Yes. So I feel like that's what's really difficult about tattoos is finding one that is going to be evergreen and that you're going to like mm-hmm. in 10 years that isn't going to be screaming like, oh, I got this in 2017. Oh, I know. You know. And that is, it's just, I get, it's finding something that is truly
1: so personal to you, Yeah. Yet done in a really lovely artistic way. That's the problem. It's like finding, you know, the balance between all of that. So yeah, I'll probably get another one at some point. I <laughs> know. No, Where I'm would just, you get it? Where would you kidding. get another one? I don't, I don't think I will.
0: You don't think you will? I see, don't know. I really want one. I want like, I want a full like
1: shoulder sleeve tattoo. Well, see, that's the thing. That's what I find to be the most amazing are sleeves, but I would never take the time nor would I really, I don't think I actually want my entire arm covered in a tattoo. I don't, but I love them. They're so beautiful.
0: Well, I want my upper arm covered because, um, I have cellulite on my upper arm and a tattoo. (laughs) Well, it's slimming. It's slimming. (laughs) I'm just going to do black sleeves on both arms. (laughs) Oh my God. Let's go do that. Let's go do that right now. (laughs) It's going to be a new trend. Let's do it. Let's start our trend. Okay. All right. So what do we have up next week? I'm going to talk with Caleb Wild, who is a, um, funeral home director and he runs a really fascinating blog called confessions of a funeral director it's wildly popular and he's going to talk to us about what we can learn about self-care from death and awareness of our own mortality so that one's going to be a little deep so interesting though i know and he's a he's a really fascinating person i can't wait to chat with him And
1: then we're going to talk a little bit more about skincare. This time, our evening routines. Although we've talked so much about skincare today, I don't know what we could possibly say.
0: But we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us. Continue the selfie conversation with us on Instagram at, at Selfie Podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash selfie podcast.
1: You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week.
0: A huge thanks to Shepherd Audio for our intro music. Take care.